0: Welcome to Unauthorized Cinnamon, a Deadwood podcast. My name is Daniel Harmon, and I'm one of your hosts.
1: And my name is Harry J. Perales. I'm the other host.
0: Thank you for listening to our very first episode. We're going to be taking you through the wild world of Deadwood. Unlawful world. Yes. Ain't no law at all. (laughs) Yeah, so uh, we decided to do this... um, podcast because i believe deadwood is the kind of show that deserves a deep dive uh more than almost any other and i will say at least in my opinion deadwood is the greatest tv show ever made yeah
1: it's it's really high
0: up there for me too yeah what would you say the wire is the best um
1: well i'm only i'm only because part of the Part of me wanting to do this is uh I keep saying like Deadwood's my favorite show, Deadwood's my favorite show, but I haven't rewatched it in a few years. Mm-hmm. And so this is kind of me going back over it to uh affirm that. But yeah, it, yeah definitely is like top two or three. The wires up there and Mad Men and
0: Yeah, for me, I think it's it becomes so different because like The Wire is a great dramatized, uh like long form journalism. Mm-hmm. Whereas Deadwood is like a 19th century novel. Yeah. Uh, and Mad Men is also great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's that's more of like a modernist novel. Yeah. Than a than a Victorian or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I think those are my top three. Uh, I'm sure everyone is thinking Breaking Bad, but I say, nah, not quite.
1: I mean, I really love Breaking Bad too, but I, I wouldn't put yeah. it above those three personally. Mm-hmm. But again, I also probably need to rewatch The Sopranos.
0: You know, I, I never got through it. I'm still, oh, yeah. I think I got up to like the second season, yeah. like recently once I got HBO Go. Mm-hmm. Because when I started getting into like these sort of TV shows, I was at the end of the first season of Deadwood. Mm-hmm. Like I think when that DVD <laughs> set came out is when I started watching it. Yeah, And that was kind of the first of these, you know, great, TV shows that I watched. Yeah. I'm trying to think if there were any. Yeah, I think I, I tried out a few like Dexter, which yeah. You know, swing and a miss. That's okay. Yeah. Uh but uh yeah, Sopranos was already like done before I'd even gotten into it and it was so daunting.
1: Yeah, Deadwood uh I'd heard of Deadwood when it was still on the air, but it was just like oh it's a west I don't want to watch this western show on TV and mm-hmm. you know I, I'd watch The Sopranos off and on when it was you know airing, but I didn't get into Deadwood until like several years later. A lot of my you know a lot of my friends were telling me like oh this is the greatest show this show's terrific.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah I don't I don't know about you I I saw the ads for Deadwood it must have been on like DVDs for other HBO shows, mm-hmm. and I remember like just not being interested. Yeah, based on the the. I remember the one thing, there was the clip of Al Swearengen saying, here's my counteroffer to your counteroffer. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. <laughs> and it, like, I saw that and I was like, oh, brother. Like, yeah, yeah. And he was just, like, screaming it. Mm-hmm. And out of context, you're just like, oh, this is just really over the top. And they're just being vulgar for vulgar sake.
1: Yeah, that's that's, that's kind of what I heard from other people at first, too. That it was like, oh, yeah, it's overwritten. And it's, it's just, it's, it's cocksucker this and fuck that, you know. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and and just the shot of it was very darkly lit, and he was mm-hmm. wearing black, and it just seemed like they were trying to be bad boys yeah. or something. And then you see that scene, and it makes perfect sense because yeah, yeah. it, it ratchets up, and mm-hmm. and uh, Ian McShane is giving a just incredible performance. Yeah, and that's actually one of that's his I, best I, scenes. I would
1: say probably uh, Al Swearing if you know Ian McShane for sure, but if not Al Swearington is one of I think the best TV characters that I that I would, I would put my money on like, yeah, Al engine and definitely Ian McShane's performance is Like,
0: yeah, he's, he's in that stratosphere of like, at this point, it doesn't make sense to <laughs> differentiate because it's like, they're so transcendentally amazing. That's yeah. like, which is better him or Tony Soprano. It's like, don't even just don't like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just put them up on Olympus mm-hmm. and enjoy it. <laughs> that sort of thing. But, uh, real quick. Well, before we set the stage, maybe, how did you get into Deadwood? When did you start watching and what was your experience?
1: Um, I, I think it was through my, uh, my ex roommate and, uh, uh, and my kind of friends circle in like college. And a lot of my professors were really into Deadwood and they just kept telling me about it. I I, can't, I think I rented them from like the library, mm. uh, and just watched them all and just kept getting them. And, uh, I just went through the whole. I just went through the whole thing, and like every time I would watch the episode, I think I would like talk to my, like my roommate, like, "Oh my god, this happened." He's like, "Yeah, I know. It's great. Keep watching. Keep watching." You know? <laughs> and uh, it's it's kind of weird because you know, there's a lot of shows that like uh, have memorable moments and uh, that I remember, but like Deadwood, and it's been so long since I've rewatched it that uh, I still remember like moments that are like the more brutal than anything I've seen in like uh, Game of Thrones or. Yeah yeah there's one moment in particular I think I think I'll wait until we talk about that episode but I think it's in the first mm-hmm. season and uh, yeah and I just remember it it really fucked me up when, when I saw it and I'm still thinking about it.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um for me even the first scene yeah of the entire season mm-hmm. has stuck with me and I like <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about it later but there's like one thing that I say to this day that I like kind of forgot that that's where that's from. And uh-huh. when I rewatched it like I just remember like the feeling of watching that scene, it's mm-hmm. very powerful. Uh, but yeah, for me, when I was watching, I was living in Bryan, College Station at the time, mm-hmm. and it was summer, and I, I had three other roommates that were friends from high school, and they just never bothered getting jobs in College Station. They all still worked in Houston or in our, you know, in our little town, um, and they went home like for the summer, like they all summer they'd be back home and i had a job up there so i stayed up there for the summer and so i uh had the three discs at a time netflix yeah yeah and would watch th- three movies a day and put them back in the mail and get <laughs> I used to do that
1: too but i used to i used to hook them up to a vcr if they were like uh anchor bay or blue underground like all these like exploitation movies and i would just like tape them right. so i have a yeah. giant like vhs collection of all these italian giallos and <laughs> yeah. like italian uh like mad max ripoffs uh
0: but yeah uh, that's how i watched the first at least the first two seasons was over Mm -hmm. netflix and mailing the discs back and forth right just like waiting that day just dying to get to the next disc yeah and then by the third season i believe i was living back home and i was running the dvds and but yeah the old school dvd yeah (laughs) through (laughs) kids used to be (laughs) through the mail (laughs) and
1: you had to wait
0: yeah. yeah. Um, but any, so let's set the stage uh, for Deadwood. Deadwood ran on HBO. It started in 2003, I believe.
1: 2004. 2003, 2004. I yeah. should have <laughs> looked that up really you can look it, you easily. Can look it up right now, actually. Yeah,
0: I've got a, a computer right in front of me. So let me... Yeah, 2004. Mm-hmm. From 2004 to 2006, which is something else we should... warn people of off the bat, and you're not going to get the most resolution.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: It, uh, there is an argument that it ended in an okay sort of place. Mm -hmm. Um, to me, it's a good enough show that not having a full complete exactly what they wanted to end on is still worth watching. Yeah. But, um, uh, buyer beware. It's three seasons (laughs) and it's kind of a cliff. You, and now there's also rumors. Yeah. Rumors and,
1: Constant, uh, like year- even before I watched the show, I heard like, oh, there's going to be a movie, blah, blah, blah. But
0: last I checked in around August of this year, mm-hmm. Ian McShane was saying that David Milch is working on a script and everyone is very excited. And that's the other thing. All the actors are like, please. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah.
1: Everybody still <laughs> wants to, everybody still wants to do another Deadwood, wants to kind of resolve yeah, this, it.
0: This isn't Downton Abbey where they're jumping shit <laughs> midway. <laughs> But it's not Downton Abbey for a lot of reasons. Yeah. Uh, Every single actor is like, and and I was watching you know DVD extras and during the filming they were all like, this is not like I feel like I have a secret I don't want anyone else to know about how good this job is. And I'm always excited to come to work. Uh. So yeah, this show's good, folks.
1: Yeah. I also (laughs) wonder if uh you know because they always made such a big deal about like the sets and like building up the town and stuff. If if I wonder if the immersion that the actors had played a big part in that too.
0: Yeah, where it felt
1: kind of more than sets it felt like an actual like community and like you know like a lived in space
0: yeah they they talked about that a lot on the DVD extras whereas the the thoroughfare and the town and the fronts those all you know you could shoot people out on their balconies and walking in the street a lot of the sets were practical mm-hmm. um, the gem was not uh, uh it, the interior of the gym was on a soundstage, mm-hmm. but it was like behind the front of the gym. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like just a few steps away. Um, but yeah, it was in, they talked about how the way David Milch worked a lot of times he'd be finishing up his script on the day of and or, run on the set
1: or just constantly like handing like pages back and forth. Uh, there's a really good episode of, uh, I was there too that other podcast where they <sighs> talked to, um, I forget I I haven't rewatched all the Deadwood. But oh, uh, uh, Stephen Tobolowsky. Yeah, Tobolowsky. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's a really good thing where uh, I think <laughs> Powers Booth is talking to a horse or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I believe horse. it. Yeah, and uh, but that's what's crazy because like uh, it's so like you know it's such a haphazard way, but still they love being there and they love doing it. Apparently, yeah. And they I... loved working for David Milch.
0: Yeah, yeah. everything I've heard from the actors, like none of them were like, "This is so difficult." Yeah, like you hear horror stories about like Dan Harmon, Mm -hmm. the way he works, he's also like a genius, but yeah, it's difficult. Uh, but I think it helped that everything was already there, and if they needed to shoot something else, just move the camera. You know. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so and also what I found out was this was originally conceived as. A show about city police in Rome, in the time of Nero. Oh yeah, yes. Huh. Uh, he came to them with this this idea in the script, and they're like, uh, "We already got a show set in Rome, yeah, <laughs> called Rome." And he was like, "Okay, <laughs> like, is there anywhere, any way else you can mm-hmm. do this with the same themes, just different setting?" And he changed it to Deadwood, which huh. I was surprised because. So the the story of Deadwood is kind of the story of society raising out of the mud, mm-hmm. out of yeah. nothing, out of a complete wilderness, a society emerging. So I was like, how does the center of the civilized world <laughs> mimic that? Yeah. But he said it, it was more to do with law and order, uh, specifically a place with no law, but order, how do they strike the balance of societal order without law and... What law did they bring in? What order did they lose? That sort of thing, which I guess Nero wasn't the most uh, (laughs) clear-headed ruler.
1: Yeah, that's weird. I remember hearing, um, there's a story, there's a documentary about John Milius where uh, Ed O'Neill tells a story about how uh, John Milius came up to David Milch and wanted to be on the writing staff for Deadwood. And David Milch was like, I I can't have the writer of Apocalypse Now writing for my (laughs) fucking show. He's like, well, David, John Milius is like, I'm not getting any work. I need to put my kids through college. So John Millius or uh, David Milch, like, paid for his kids' college. And then apparently, because uh, John Millius uh, co-created Rome, so uh, I didn't know that. Yeah, he co-created Rome. And uh, when he got that money, he paid David Milch back. And David Milch was saying something like, you know, that motherfucker, like, of all people to borrow money, who's the only motherfucker to pay me back? <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right, so we've got Deadwood on HBO. that's in the Sopranos time slot. And funny you mention Ed O'Neill also. Ed O'Neill originally considered for the role of Al Swearingen.
1: Really? <laughs> Al Bundy? Yeah. <laughs> this would have been his second Al. All right. Well, <laughs>
0: Trixie, either way this comes out, will only have to do it once. <laughs>
1: There's still a toilet flush sound somewhere?
0: I don't... I, I don't... <laughs> I don't... I, I uh, don't want to impugn the talents of Ed O'Neill. No, 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 uh, no. But it's really hard to think of. Uh, and then also when Ed O'Neill fell through, his second choice was, uh, uh, <laughs> his name is escaping me now. Cy Oliver Powers Booth. Oh, really? Yeah. Powers Booth was all lined up to play Al.
1: That Yeah. That makes sense. Cause, uh, cause that was another, that was another thing that the reputation that preceded, cause I thought this was an, a Walter Hill thing. Totally. Even because he directed the first episode. And what's actually really strange is that when I was, when I was started to rewatch the second episode, like in the first episode, it says consulting producer, his name isn't on there anymore mm-hmm. after the first episode. And so, and I think I also saw him win the Emmy for best director like that. That was okay. another thing I saw. I think I saw, I think he did win, but um yeah. And I, you know, I always knew Walter Hill from like uh, the warriors and streets of fire and just like really tough guy, macho movies. Mm-hmm. And so that was the reputation I had, and that really kind of I was like, oh, it's a you know Walter Hill gets to make his western show, but I was like, no, it's it's not Walter Hill's, it's David Milch's. They just yeah got Walter Hill to do it,
0: and it seems to be the sort of thing where he set the palette.
1: Yeah, especially with the with uh, you know Keith Carradine, and especially if Powers Booth was gonna play um was gonna play Al, like obviously you know both stars of like Southern Comfort and uh, the Long Riders, but um. So I wonder if you can still kind of feel his hands with like some of the big kind of like some of yeah. the big name casting, but, uh, you know, I'm still, I'm really happy powers booth. They, you know, put him in there as well.
0: Yes. Um, I, I don't know much about powers Booth's range. Everything I've seen him in leads me to think he's better suited for site Oliver. Yeah, absolutely. And as we were saying earlier, um, he McShane, Turned elsewhere engine into a role of lifetime.
1: Yeah, that's. I there's nobody else who could have played that part.
0: Yeah. Uh. So I forget where we were. So let's talk about the town of Deadwood. Now, Deadwood, everything in this show is based uh very loosely on actual events. Yeah. Deadwood is a town in the Black Hills of North Dakota, South Dakota. (laughs)
1: You should have looked this up. Professional.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Nothing but professional. South Dakota. Yeah. It's south. I keep thinking it's north because it seems so distant. Right. Uh, but So this is on Lakota Sioux land. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then in 1873, George Custer leads uh, a, a company of cavalry through the land. Down on French Creek in Deadwood Gulf, they find gold. Mm -hmm. is is bad news for the native population yeah uh for a while they they've made a treaty with the sioux in 1873 this is your land this is cold and shitty here you can live here it's either this cold tundra or oklahoma take your pick yeah uh which is uh so they they put them there and then whoopsie doopsie we found some gold (laughs) in this land uh but we still have a treaty with them. So for a while, the U.S. Army keeps white settlers out of the land. Mm-hmm. Like, we have to obey this treaty. Uh, white people are still kind of sneaking in, trying to, you know... In one of the episodes, Al talks about, you know, the cavalry keeps kicking them out. Yeah. But eventually, like, they realized they couldn't stop it. And a bunch of the soldiers were deserting to go <laughs> pan for gold. Yeah. So they just said we don't want to spend the money keeping you guys out anymore. Just go ahead, whatever. (laughs) And so Deadwood is in a sort of, uh, black hole in the black Hills, if you will, uh, where it's not part of the United States. Mm -hmm. So the big draw is there is no law in Deadwood. Yeah. Uh, and it's also an incredible boomtown. Mm hmm. Uh, from my research, I found out that in April of 1876, there was basically no one living there. Uh, by June of 1876, there was 10,000 people, and by they dis- built the jam. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they were down in the creek chopping wood <laughs> with Beavers <laughs> slapping their tail, <laughs> laughing at them. Uh,
1: That's, what's also cool to like, uh, where you mentioned like from the like mud up, like building a civilization. What what's also really interesting is like how diverse everybody well diverse and like where they come from like uh clearly they're not that diverse but um yeah yeah, it's mostly white people but um like seth was born in or bullock was born in canada Mm -hmm. saul's jewish and he came from austria
0: wonderful wonderful where folks come from yeah
1: yeah i love that line as the
0: reverend from tennessee might say yeah uh, mm-hmm. You know, like Al's from Chicago. Sai mm-hmm. is from. But he Missouri. also is descended from all those fucks. You all, know, those all those All those monarch.
1: All the. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, the, the, the royal British aristocracy.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. So in in any time that there's like a boom, uh, the way Mills described it is the the country sort of tilts. Yeah. And all the shitbirds roll down. <laughs> uh, Shit. <laughs> all the all the people that aren't tied to any specific point in the country Uh uh, that have no ties to civilization. Yeah. (laughs) Like they have a family to worry about or they have, you know, a steady job. They're just like, well, I'm going to go out into the wilderness and try and pick up some gold off the ground. Mm -hmm. Uh, In 1873, there was a financial collapse in in America or a a recession or depression, whatever Mm -hmm. you want to call it. So there are a lot of people kind of knocking around and this is, you know, 10 years after the civil war, things still aren't completely rebuilt. Uh, and, you know, growing up in the Bay Area of California, we spent a whole year in school learning about the gold rush and how, like, the worst elements come. And uh, you don't always make a fortune. In yeah. fact, you very, very rarely make a fortune. Yeah. Uh, you can get some gold, but there's plenty of ways people like Al Swearengin come in and find a way to uh, separate you from your gold Mm-hmm. Uh by hook or by crook, yeah or I don't know what that means, but you know any way they can, yeah, they look to separate you from it. Uh, so that's kind of the situation in Deadwood. There's also characters most of the characters in the show are real people.
1: right, including elsewhere in engine.
0: Elsewhere engine, yeah. real person. He's not he has a different backstory mm-hmm. um, but he was a real person. He really owned the gem saloon. he mm-hmm. really had. Subordinates named Dan Doherty and Johnny uh, Burns. Mm-hmm. Johnny Burns. Um, the what seems like the protagonist, Seth Bullock, mm-hmm. uh, is a real person yeah. with about the same backstory. Mm-hmm. He became a pretty big deal in American history. He came like besties with Teddy Roosevelt, led his inauguration parade in D.C., and he convinced him to make Yellowstone. A national mo- a park oh yeah because he's from montana
1: i just imagine him doing this all while like super angry
0: <laughs> <laughs> just, make it up f- like fucking park, park. <laughs> <laughs> walking away but uh yeah and solstar who uh, eventually became mayor deadwood and very successful because mm-hmm. he's the best and i love him yeah trixie is a real prostitute oh, wow. yeah uh the only people from the pilot or the first you know, few episodes that aren't real people are uh, the Garretts, Brahmin and Alma Garrett. Mm-hmm. And Doc Cochran is kind of a twist on a few different right. like physicians. One from England that was kind of a... I don't want to say like a... What are those called? Corpse uh, uh, body snatchers? Mm-hmm. Is that what they were called? I don't think he was quite like that, but it was, he definitely was eager to see some corpses to right. take a look at. And, you know... Um, some other guys, but also obviously Wild Bill Hickok.
1: Yeah. And Calamity Jane.
0: Calamity Jane. Colorado Charlie Utter. Oh yeah. Uh, it's, and now we probably won't spend too much time talking about the real life events. Right. Uh, number one, because the show diverges from in several ways. Number two, a lot of the, like we never see Seth meet TR or, you know, mm-hmm. become a Senator. Uh, we never see what ultimately becomes of Al Swearingen, which is pretty unhappy. It's pretty bleak. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and also, what we really want to look at with this podcast is more Deadwood as a piece of art mm-hmm. than as a historical record. But we'll throw it in yeah. every once in a while. I mean, we'll have to talk about something. For fun. <laughs> 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 I don't really have stuff to talk about, man. I don't know. Uh But so let's talk about some of the things in Deadwood that might throw people off. Like we were saying earlier, the language Mm -hmm. is very rough. (laughs) There Uh is pretty much every line contains an F word. (laughs) Uh, The term cocksucker, which is even from when Deadwood air is much less socially acceptable (laughs) Uh, for good reason. I don't mean to be like... We've been taken over by Obama's PC police. Mm-hmm. Like, no, it's, it's uh, yeah, let's not do that. Uh, a lot yeah. of cocksucker and cunt is yeah. in there a lot, which uh, I would like for us to be more on the English system of yeah. accepting that word. <laughs> but we're not. And so uh, it, it could put a lot of people off.
1: Also, another thing that I've brought this up to you like many times, and I'm sure you've seen like, you know, DVD special features where they talk about this. But, um, you know, David Milch also said the reasoning there's so many fucks and cocksuckers is that uh, he wanted to get, because it's not historically accurate. Like, he said if he was to actually have them say, the bad words that they were saying then, he wanted to show you the impact of what it meant, so it's really harsh. back then, they all sounded like Yosemite Sam, was like, <laughs> and so, like, we hear it now. And if if we were to have like this heavy, like, drama with all this tension, and then they're saying, Oh, yeah, that, that <laughs> like, we just laugh and it would just take, yeah. you know, the piss out of it. But uh, to have cocksucker and motherfucker and like cunt and all these words. I mean there's still plenty of insults that are old-timey that they throw around especially racial insults that yep. you're kind of like what they that was a that they they referred to specifically like you know you know like Norwegians as that you know like yeah yeah
0: so we'll say there's a few racial epithets that we probably won't be familiar with the first one in the in the first episode if not the first in the second they bring out squarehead <laughs> uh that family of squareheads
1: and it's a Norwegian family who leaves town.
0: Yeah. <laughs> they go back to Minnesota. <laughs> What's
1: funny is I never picked up on that until I rewatched it. Like, and I don't know if I just watched it with other subtitles or just like, didn't even think about it. But I was like, Oh, Oh, that's, that's what they call the Norwe the poor Norwegians who got.
0: Yeah. Massacred. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, I tried to look up, I believe back in, you know, the primitive days of Google back yeah. in 2004, trying to look up what is squarehead, <laughs> and there's zero information. <laughs> uh, you just, after context clues, you realize they're talking about Norwegians of some sort, yeah. you know, Swedish or whatever. Oh wait, Norway, Norwegian. <laughs> I confused Norwegian with Scandinavian, thinking just a general term for the area. But no, that's a country. They're yeah. Norwegian from Norway. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, I, apologize. I too, am God's handiwork. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, uh, and also, I wanted to read from a book called uh, Stories of the Black Hills. This is basically David Milch just writing about the show and writing it. Uh, this is his explanation, and it's just one of his explanations, because through this, uh, the DVD commentary and DVD special features, I found three different... <laughs> Re- reasons for it. Uh, uh, but we talked earlier about how the men uh, are coming here looking for a place with no law. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've, there's, there's no societal structures in place. Um, and this is what he says about the language. He says, the men who came to Deadwood craved a new beginning, a chance to break their ties to civilized institutions and forms of meaning all the men in Deadwood swear from passing vulgarisms to inflamed blasphemies to savage obscenities. Profanity purges language of meaning, and this is why it's necessary. To raise the English language, burn it down to the ground, down to the harsh syllables of profanity, is to break free. Uh, And he kind of expanded on that in the extras when he said that uh, when you meet a guy back then, to talk too much, give too much information is dangerous Yeah. to be like, where are you from? Fuck you. What is that business Mm -hmm. to you? And you could get in a gunfight or you could say like, Oh me, I'm from Alabama. It's like, well, I'm from Massachusetts. So we, you know, we were just fighting the civil war a little while ago. Uh, so we hate each other. So you just go, eh, fucking fucks. Like, yeah. (laughs) They're like, all right. (laughs) Yeah. Fuck you too. It, uh, communicates a lot without having to actually use language. Uh, which uh, that little passage just shows me how brilliant this man is, yeah. and uh how great this show is. He also brought up the fact that what all these men are doing, their way of earning is uh they're living in an Ill- an illegal life, and they are in a way raping the land, they are mm-hmm. tearing it up, ripping stuff out of it. you know, this isn't a constructive way of life. It's literally a destructive way of life. Mm-hmm. And in order to like, uh, pump themselves up for this, they have to, uh, you know, he says that apes beat their chest all the time. So they don't have to spend their whole life fighting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, they can just like intimidate and pump themselves up and maybe like they won't get into violence 24 yeah. seven. Uh, but yeah, that's kind of the reason for the language. Um, and also to just kind of get the viewer. He talked a lot about how the viewer needs to be, needs to have their sensibilities assaulted mm-hmm. um, to put them in the mindset for this wild, lawless land. But uh, yeah, so that's what to experience then. And it's also the language, when it's not uh, uh, being obscene, it's often very flowery and yeah. ornate and dense.
1: Absolutely. Especially, especially a lot of what Al Saranjian says, which, you know, he says the worst things, but then he'll say a phrase, you're like, that's one of the most, I'm without my tombstone. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah. And he talked about how, um, back then, if you were educated at all, you were educated by reading Victorian novels, mm-hmm. uh, in very, you know, the writing back then, it was in style to be very, uh, flowery and, Mhm. And ornate in your language. So if they do know words, they knew a whole lot and yeah. very complicated ones.
1: There's actually a really funny moment in the second episode where uh, it's one of the first times Seth and Al like have a confrontation and Al Swearingen's like, mess- literally messing with his grammar, but in only the way that like Al Swearingen can and just turning it back on him. I can't remember exactly what it was, but I just remember I was like, oh, yeah, no, they're not going to like each other and Al Swearingen is clearly <laughs> smarter than <laughs> Seth Bullock and he knows
0: it. Yeah. Don't tell me how to fucking talk in my own fucking place. Oh, he's so... Oh, man. Yeah. So now I'm just really excited to dig into these episodes yeah, yeah, with yeah. folks. Uh, we had a few more points, but I think they're all going to kind of come up organically when mm-hmm. we talk about the show and we talk about gold and its importance as a symbol um, mm-hmm. that they've all agreed has meaning in the in the country. But uh, I think for now we're going to say Goodbye. And we'll be back next week with our very first episode of Deadwood. So uh, if you find yourself in a show hole, as they say, (laughs) uh, as the marketing fucks over at Amazon (laughs) like to say, uh, and you're tired of binging, uh, if you've already binged black mirror and the crown and uh westworld's coming to an end soon yeah right? mm-hmm. and has like what one or two more episodes
1: yeah at the time of this recording i think there's only one other episode this season
0: okay so by the time this comes out i think it'll be over so yeah. if you want uh, uh another hbo western <laughs> western then uh check out deadwood with us and we will hold your hand and light your path we'll put a little more light on the text as seth might say <laughs> Uh But thank you for listening. We'll see you next week. Say goodbye, Harry. Goodbye. Goodbye. Mocking bird network.